It's not just something I miss. It's what I miss the most. We want to experience as a church the Spirit of God behind the written word when the Holy Spirit falls on us in an evening. And it's non-negotiable at Harvest. is longing for the depth and the reality of the real God who walks in the room. What would we do if he were to walk into the room? Good morning again. How you doing? Are you ready? To get stirred, I hope you're ready to get stirred this morning, get stirred up a little bit. We're going to be finishing our series, but just before I do that, I want to draw attention to the treasure chest off stage where I can't be lit up. Um, and uh, if you're here today and you got a coloring sheet, all the kids that are in the house, can I, you just raise your coloring sheets up, Graham, Graham Wilson, don't raise it up. Can you just raise your coloring sheets up and wave it all about? Listen, if you bring Pastor your coloring sheet, there's a treasure chest full of toys and all kinds of things. Pastor wanted to fill it with chocolate bars, but the people that have more smarts than me said parents maybe wouldn't want their kids to go home sugared up. So, so it's just toys uh, in there, and so uh, you'll have a look in there. Someone will help you. I just want to give a shout-out to everyone. They can't hear us right now. But is that step one, people who are making the decision right now to make Harvest their home church, and they're in the other part of the building, and uh, they're part of step one today, if you're wondering what that is. If you are new to Harvest, it's our introduction to who we are as a church, the vision, vision why we planted almost 18 years ago, and uh, God is still unfolding all that he said he would do. We'd love for you to be a part of our journey, and uh, you can sign up for step one and uh, begin that journey with us. All right, so the peace of his presence was part one, that you can get separated from the presence of God uh, emotionally through anxiety uh, in the midst of the storm. We get separated. Jesus, they needed to wake him up and invite him, bring him into their space as we practice his presence, the permission of his presence, that God likes to say yes. He's not the God of the no. He's God of yes. The power of his presence last week and today I want to consider all the possibilities that are in his presence. It says in Genesis 18, 14, and this is God speaking to Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Sarah's already gone through menopause. Uh, childbearing years are over, but God had promised a child. All circumstances and situations had said they will not have a child, but God had promised that they would have a child. And so God asked this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? And all the ladies in menopause said, yes, I don't want any more children. But for Sarah... It was a promise. It was a promise. And they were waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. God said, is it too hard? In Jeremiah chapter 32, 17, the prophet said this, O sovereign Lord, you have made heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing, nothing is too hard for you. Somebody say nothing. 
Come on, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Help me this morning. Text it. I can see the text screen. We've added some technology today. I want to interact with you at home as well today. And so help me out. Let me hear your amens and see your text today. And I can respond with you as well. The possibilities this morning of his presence. Earlier this week, Ryan was in the office and he asked me, he says, Pastor, what are you dreaming about these days? What are you trusting God for? Where is your faith being stretched? And I started to answer him by saying this. I said, "Uh, well, you know, when COVID is over, and I heard myself say that, what I was really saying was I can't dream or stir my faith until the impossible is over. And that God's not the God of the impossible at all. And I realized as I heard myself that I was guilty of allowing COVID to put some parameters of impossibility around me. Isn't that the way it is with all of us? Nothing is too difficult with God until we're in a pandemic. Nothing is too difficult for God until I have a diagnosis. Nothing is too difficult for God until my marriage is falling apart and there are no answers or my bank account is empty or whatever the case may be for you today. Nothing is impossible for God until this morning I want to turn our thinking around, my own thinking around, and begin to say, wait a minute, no, that God is the God of the impossible that makes it possible. That's when God comes through. That's when my breakthrough is possible, when I'm in the impossible, and only God can make the impossible possible. Somebody talked to me this morning. Come on. And that's what we want to look at, the possibilities of his presence. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you're here to speak to our hearts, our souls, our spirits, our bodies, every part of who we are. Lord, you want to stir us to believe you for more. Lord, we are people of the Holy Spirit. Lord, as we've been talking about practicing your presence, being people of the Holy Spirit, of your presence in our midst, Lord, today as you would stir us to believe afresh and anew again, Lord, let this be a church where the impossible becomes possible in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Kathy Miller, thank you for hanging on with me this morning. Typing nothing is impossible. That is great. Cindy McKay, great to see you online this morning. We're going to look at a story today that's found in all three Gospels. And if you have your notes today, I've given you those references so you can go back and have a look at them. And the three gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is a fourth, uh, but the three gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, often reported on the same story. And so as you're reading, you've probably realized that. And it's like three different newspapers, three different journalists uh, view under their inspiration of the Holy Spirit of what they report and what they felt was important. And I'm going to use all three of them today. And, and, uh, and so you'll see the references kind of move around a little bit, but same story. And the story is this, that we find Jesus on a mountain with his three disciples. It's the Mount of Transfiguration. We'll come back to that later on. He left nine of his disciples down at the bottom of the mountain. And so there's this amazing experience that Jesus, Peter, James, and John have at the top of the mountain. Meanwhile, down at the bottom of the mountain, Jesus and the three come down to find those nine in a huge commotion. We have a couple stories inside the story. First, there's this crazy commotion going on, and uh, people actually run up to Jesus. Wow, we ever glad you're here which kind of tipped Jesus off to know, oh, no, what did they do again? 
I wonder if Jesus ever feels that way about us, you know, his, his disciples. Oh, no, what are they doing now? <laughs> and so he walks into uh, just this commotion, people kind of saying, good, you're here. Uh, something's gone wrong, apparently. And there's a father story in the story. There's a father of a special needs son. He's, a, he's an only child. His father only has one, this one child. He's his son. And his description, as we find it in Matthew 17, 15, his description of his son is this, that it, my son is suffering severely. My son is suffering severely. There's not one person here in the room today that has not been touched by the plight of human suffering. The world doesn't work the way it should, not the way God initiated it in the beginning of time. Sin entered because of man's disobedience. Sin entered the world, and ever since the world has not worked the way it's supposed to work, the Bible promises there is a day coming when the new heavens and the new earth will be here, and it will function again as it's supposed to function. But in the meantime, Jesus came to demonstrate that there is a power from God, from heaven to earth, through Jesus and through his church, to touch the plight of human suffering. He says, my son suffers severely. Human suffering takes on so many forms. It takes, you know, I mean, and I won't even hit them all. But there's, there's the pain of physical illness. There's the pain of mental illness. There's emotional pain that's experienced. This father kind of blurts out a prayer request, but really it's to Jesus. Jesus is standing right there in his presence. And he says, would you help us? Could you help us? And he begins to list the issues that his son is suffering with. Would you say suffering this morning? Suffering. Human suffering. It's real. The boy is deaf. He's nonverbal. He suffers from seizures, the really scary kind of seizures, the kind if you have a loved one that have massive seizures that they completely lose control of their body, that as you watch, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen that seizure, it strikes pain in your heart, scary kind of seizure. The boy has no sense of safety. If you were to take, if this father were to take his son to uh, a relative for the summertime and they had a swimming pool, he'd have to be watching him every moment because he would just jump in the water, not knowing how to swim and not knowing that it's dangerous to be underwater. If there was a campfire later on uh, in that family gathering, this little boy would park himself in the fire. He'd have no sense of the heat or sense of danger and would put himself right into the harm of the fire. This little boy needs constant supervision. How exhausting, how overwhelming for this father to be faced with this kind of, not just his son watching his son suffer, but he himself as the caregiver. He suffers from mental illness. He suffers from spiritual torment of evil spirits. There's a long list of the suffering. And Jesus asks the man, how long has this been going on? How long have you been experiencing this? And the father looks Jesus in the eye and says, about as long as I can remember. It's always been this way. And to make matters worse, as Jesus has been up on the mountain, the nine disciples uh, were trying to deal with this human suffering that this father had brought, he himself and his son, and they couldn't do 
anything about it. And so that's what was causing all of the kind of commotion and arguments and discussion that was going on that Jesus walked into. And so this father asks Jesus, he says, what are my possibilities today? What are the possibilities for my son? What are the possibilities for me today? Is it possible that you could do anything? Mark 9, 22 to 24, Jesus says to him, uh, he asks first, he says, is it possible for you to put yourself into our place and help us? Jesus said to him, as far as possibilities go, Everything is possible for the person who believes. The father, the child's father cried out once, I believe, help my lack of faith. Today as we face this subject of human suffering, and I know it's present in the room today because we're human, and we are either experiencing or have experienced or have loved ones that are experiencing the plight of human suffering, the kind that it's as long as I can remember. It's always been this way. I don't know another way to live. I don't know another way that it could be. Is there really any other possibility for living in life today? And I believe that God wants to stir us to believe again that he is the God of the impossible, even of the long-standing circumstances and the long-standing circumstance uh, situations of your life. And whatever might be your plight right now, whatever is causing pain or suffering in your life, that yes, suffering is a part of this life, but I think sometimes we just get good with it and we say, there are no other possibilities. Today, the possibilities in his presence, the possibilities of Jesus uh, coming into uh, our impossibility. Jesus said, as far as possibilities go, everything is possible for the person who believes. Say every everything. Say it again. Everything is possible. The, Jesus was saying, the possibilities today, the issue of possibilities, don't lie with me. I'm the God of the impossible. There is no lack of possibilities when it comes to God in our life. When we come into his presence, there's no lack of impossibility. But Jesus was saying to the Father, if there's a lack, if there's a block, if there's a reason that it's not coming down the pipe into your life, if your prayers are not being answered, the reason lies with you, that you lack trust and belief in a God who can turn that thing around. And the father blurts out, and he says, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus approaches this little boy. And we read in uh, Luke nine forty two, the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into convulsions. How many of us facing the impossible? How many of us feeling the pain of mental illness or the pain of physical illness or the pain even of spiritual torment that seems to go on and on? And it feels as if you've been slammed to the ground. Sometimes it's hard to stir your faith when you've been slammed to the ground. And it happens. I've had it happen. You've had it happen. We've been slammed to the ground. It feels like all hell has unleashed against us. And we've been slammed to the ground. And it's not, 
It's all we can do to even think about getting back up. But I believe that God is saying today, get back up. I want to face this thing with you. I want to make you an overcomer this morning. Get back up. And Jesus approaches the boy who the disciples couldn't do anything for. Human suffering galore. The father said he suffers severely. He's now slammed to the ground. And this message version goes on to say uh, that as the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into convulsions, that Jesus stepped in. Jesus stepped in. Jesus stepped in. Come on, somebody. Jesus stepped in, ordered the vile spirit gone, healed the boy, and handed him back to his father. And I can assure you, he didn't hand him back with four of the boxes checked and six unchecked. He didn't send him back and say, to be continued another day. Just go suffer a little more. No, the God who cancels human and suffering. The Jesus who hung on the cross and suffered so that we could be alleviated in our suffering on this earth that doesn't work right. But yet the power of God that he wants to pour out to every heart that's suffering today stepped in. Stepped in. And he handed him back whole, healed, and on his way. The father said, I want to believe. My paraphrase. In some versions, I believe, help my unbelief. Really what he was saying was this. At that moment, he was saying, I want to believe. I want to believe again. I believe today, as we have finished the month of September, the series Practicing His Presence, and the series is over, but our practice of of His Holy Spirit is not over. We're just getting renewed and getting started here. A number of months ago, I shared with you that what I missed most about being in the room was the manifest presence of God, and, uh, and that when we gather together, there's a, a sense of other than that doesn't happen any other way. Those of you that are watching online today, we can't wait till you're in the room with us. And it is harder at home, but we're doing the very best we can, and we're believing for miracles to touch every living room, every device today. Lene. Uh, Lene, as you're watching today, just God bless you right now and touch you wherever you are. But what I miss most was that tangible sense of his presence, the rain as we've been talking about in the water cycle, the rain that rains down when we're together. And then there are different aspects, same water, but different aspects of how it refreshes during the week and when we're alone in our quiet time with the Lord. So, On September the 30th, Wednesday, I believe it was, I normally have my message done for the week, and we get it to the media team, and we get everything ready. I hadn't hadn't finished it yet. I was really struggling with it. I knew my title. I knew my text, the story that we're looking at, but it wouldn't come together. That morning, I'd gotten up early just to kind of sit in God's presence and listen a little bit, and I said to the Lord, today's September the 30th. You said something was going to happen in September that you were going to work a significant work in the church. If we would turn our hearts toward your presence, you would do a work in us. And so here it was. I kind of felt like it was his last chance. It was the last day of the month. <laughs> and uh, I was waiting for the, you know, the angel Gabriel to walk into the room and say, it is so, my son. You know, something dramatic. And uh, it, it didn't happen that way. So I came into the office, 
And as I started really laboring, working with the text again, all of a sudden I just sensed this kind of open heaven. And the Lord began to download this first point to two more that I just want to share with you before we go today. And this first point, I felt as God just began to open my own heart, he said, tell the church they need to want to believe again. And though we talk about it, though we even pray prayers, asking the Lord to do something, do we expect him to heal the sick? Do we expect him to alleviate the suffering? Do we expect him to do the miracle? I felt like the Lord said, just tell them it's okay. You've been slammed down. You've experienced some stuff, and it's hard. But today, tell them what's been happening this month as I've been opening each and every heart to believe again. And our declaration this morning needs to be like this man. I want to believe. I really want to believe. And this morning, he just needs your I want to. He just needs the permission of your heart. There's nothing you have to do. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it, but we've got to open our heart. And he's saying, will you open your heart to believe again? Amen. I believe there needs to be a yes and a growing yes in our spirit of saying yes to the Lord. Yes, I want to believe again, but help our unbelief. Help us grow in our faith. And the reality is that when we have faced seasons And circumstances of being slammed down, circumstances of ongoing situations and problems that don't seem to be alleviated. How long has this been going on? As long as I can remember. What that does is it begins to erode our faith and erode our confidence. Disciples came to Jesus after this healing, Matthew 17, 19 through 20. And they asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we have that answer to prayer? Why didn't we receive the miracle? Jesus said, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Say nothing. I believe God wants to take us to another level of our faith and begin to see not just the people we're praying for, um, and they, they sense God's presence, they know God's presence, but we're not seeing the fulfillment of the miracle, not seeing the fulfillment of that answer. And if we would be honest today, we'd be like the disciples and say, how come? Lord, I want to begin to step in again. I want to believe again. But Lord, my own suffering and my own pain, and it's hard to have hope, and it's hard to trust you, Lord, because when it doesn't happen, it just causes me to pull back. It causes me to say it's easier to live with that pain. But to have that pain plus the pain of disappointment, even your word, Lord, says that deferred hope makes the heart sick. And Lord, I've been trusting, and I've been waiting, and it's been as long as I can remember. And Jesus isn't scolding his disciples. He's not even angry at them. He's not belittling them. He's explaining the answer to them and to us this morning. He says, what you need to do, guys, is grow your faith. The Bible says that each and every one of us has been given a deposit of faith when we became a Christ follower. We have a capacity to trust God. We have a capacity to put our dependence into him. It's built in when we become a Christ follower, make that choice. From the first moment we put our hand up or however it happened for you, 
Then we want to grow that faith, and we'll talk about this in the days to come. And I just want to introduce a second point of, of if uh, we want to start by saying, I want to see miracles again. I want to see the supernatural. I want to experience possibilities in his presence. Number two, I'm going to have to grow my faith. And the Bible says it's like a mustard seed. We're going to look at the mustard seed and see how it grows and see how that happens. And it was a parable, an analogy of how our faith, as small as it might seem to you, and it's as small as it might seem to me. And we're going to talk about what faith is and what faith isn't in the days to come. This might surprise you, but there is no power in faith. There are people that tell you you've got to have powerful faith. You've got to say the prayer just the right way. You've got to quote that scripture just the right way. Otherwise, you don't have faith. Well, that's ridiculous. There's no power in faith. There is power in the one that we put faith in. He's got the power. He's got the possibilities, and he wants us to have faith in him, confidence in him, trust in him. And what happens is the enemy separates us from that, and we begin to trust ourselves and even our own suffering more than we trust him. We're going to find out. We're going to spend some weeks talking again, reading again the word. What is faith? And we're going to grow our faith at harvest because I, I, I think that There's too much suffering in our congregation. There's too much suffering, specifically with mental illness in this time. We're going to shift the gears, and people that have been slammed down are going to stand up and know what it is to have uh, not a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a soundness of mind. We're going to shift this. You know why? Because there are people coming in these days, this, this dome that, that, that Stephanie saw over the city and the reflection into the regions beyond, that we need to be ready as we're free in ourselves so we can offer the freedom to others that you can be alleviated from the plight of severe suffering. We're going to grow our faith. 2 Timothy 1.12, I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Paul speaking very confidently. Look how it begins. I know him. I know him. That's our number one desire at Harvest, that you would know God, that you would know him, not just know him in your cerebral cortex, but you would experience him. We want everyone to know God. We want everybody to find freedom from their yesterdays. We want everybody to find out that you have a destiny and then to begin working and fulfill that destiny that God has for you. Those four steps, we believe, we're all in, but it begins. How does our faith grow? Knowing him and knowing him better. I know the one. I'll talk to you about continuing to practice his presence, continuing to know him. And when you know him and you know his word, I am sure that he's able to do what he said he would do. It's not a cerebral thing. It's not a, I know he can, I know he can, I know he can thing. It's a knowing thing. I know him. I spoke to him this morning, and he said he's coming through. He told me, don't don't lay down, but get up, and we're going to experience it afresh and grow our faith. I'd like the team to come up as we shift gears and get ready to dismiss our service. The third thing in these thoughts this morning I want to. I'm going to grow my faith because I want to. The answer is I'm going to be willing 
to grow my faith. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. And the third one is I want to be willing to grow my prayer life. Willing to grow my prayer life. Now, let me just again just lightly allude to this, and we'll be spending time uh, around this in the days to come. But it's not what you think. Most of the time when we say things like we need to pray, what we really comes to our mind is I need to pray more. I need to pray more. I need to pray more effectively. I need to pray the right way. That judge in her head jumps right in and goes, yeah, you haven't been praying. Have you? You've not been doing your morning devotions. Have you? And I'm not talking about that this morning, that kind of, you know, you can pray in a disciplined format. And I talked to you last week about the backpack, our preparation, and putting preparation in the backpack. But, man, you know, when we talk about prayer, it's not just the discipline. I hear people say that. You need to learn the spiritual disciplines. And I agree with, I agree with the thought. But our prayer can't be like going to the gym and sweating it out and, and, and working and hurting and, and kind of going through the motions. And I love, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, just, you know, as you're a worshiper and you incorporate worship all through your time with the Lord, it's just knowing that his, practicing the presence when we pray, knowing that we've come into the presence of God. I just want to finish this thought with the beginning of the story. While Jesus is on the mountain, the transfiguration, we'll talk about this in the days to come. Luke 9, 28, 29 says this, about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, this mountain while everything's going down in the valley. He took them on the mountain to pray. Say pray. They had seen Jesus pray many times. In fact, they said, can you teach us to pray like that? Because they'd been doing all the disciplinary kind of prayer, you know, going through the motion prayer. And as I suggested last week, that's okay but not if it's a staple diet. What happens is when we disconnect from his presence, we disconnect from knowing. We disconnect from knowing that prayer is the portal between heaven and earth. We can start going through the routine of prayer instead of the life of prayer. Jesus took them on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, say, as we were praying, look at this. As we were praying, the appearance of his face was transformed his clothes became dazzling white. At that moment, they saw Jesus, not as a man. He was fully man, but he was fully God. They saw him fully God. They saw him fully God. What Jesus was teaching them on the mountain that day is when humanity meets eternity, it's in the place called prayer. When humanity touches eternity, it's in the place called prayer. When we meet with Jesus at home, in the car, in the bathroom stall at work, or wherever it might be, at that moment, there is a transformation. I'm not just closing my eyes and now I lay me down to sleep. But in that moment, if you'll have the faith for it, you've entered eternity and you bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. As Jesus in that moment, as you get a revelation of who he really is. We're going to talk in the days to come about growing our prayer life. Today, my main point, the one I want to leave you with, stir yourself in these days, weeks to come. I just, I want to believe again. If you've never believed before, if you've never known Jesus personally, 
I'd like to invite you today to know him personally. I'd like to give you an invitation to pray a prayer like the one I'm talking about where you could meet him face to face and begin your journey with Jesus. If you're in the room or if you're online today, you've never made the decision to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You would say, I don't know him. I know about him, but I've never experienced him. I don't have a relationship with him. The Bible says that sin separates all of us. We were born in a sinful condition. Jesus came to die on a cross and offer us the gift of eternal life that starts today, today. If you're here in the room and you'd like to pray a short prayer with me today to begin your walk, to know Jesus, if you're online, would you just text right now, I want to know him. I want to know him. Just text that right now. Come on. Jesus is speaking to some people online right now. Just text. Go Be brave right now. Just text, I want to know him. If you're in the room today, I'd like you to ask the same thing by just lifting your hand. Let me acknowledge it today. Then you can put it down. Is there anyone in the room that would say, I want to know him? I've never invited him in my life. I'll just three. Let's look around. Two, one. Is there anyone online today? We're just going to pray a short prayer right now. Yeah, thank you. Someone just texted, I want to know him. Come on. Let's just, we're clapping in the room. Cindy, we're clapping in the room because you're making the best decision ever. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Oh, come on, Sophie, Sophie, come on, come on, come on. Let's just wait a moment longer. Oh, it's amazing, 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 amazing. Come on. Cindy and Sophie, we're celebrating with you this morning. Come on, let's just. We made the best Jason kitchen. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. folks are making the best decision ever. Would you guys online just pray, if you're in the room, a short prayer with me. Let's all pray this prayer together today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you died for me, and you offer me today a new life. You said you would come into my suffering and do a miracle today. I receive it. Forgive my sin. Come in my life. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you're born again and beginning your journey with the Lord. Hey, God bless you. God bless those that typed in, I want to know him today. Would you stand with us this morning? How awesome is that? Three salvations this morning. If you made that decision, we are stoked. We are celebrating with you this morning. You made the best decision ever, and you're about to start your journey. Yeah, come on. So just a couple of things. If you are believing anything for prayer, for anything, if you're even, you know, standing on a financial breakthrough or a relationship, we want to stand with you. Text it So text, leave a voicemail. We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. We want to stand with you. It is important, so please leave a leave your information and um, we'll either get back or we will you know we're just going to cover you and bathe you in prayer. We're going to pray. We will Don't pray. Don't forget giving this morning. Yeah. Two ways to give. You can put it in the drop box on the way out. Uh, actually there's three ways. You can go online to hcfcormall.ca slash give or you can text any amount to um, 84321 so make sure you just um, for your giving this morning. Please remember to register for next week. It is important because we can only have so many in our building yeah. and we want everyone here. We do. We, we do. really do want everyone and here. You can sign up for downstairs and sometimes people uh, have signed up and for yeah. whatever reason we understand too, then they can't make it and then and you, you can transition from yeah. downstairs to upstairs. But downstairs is the second best. 
Yeah, so make sure. Yeah, make sure you register. Sign up. Downstairs, upstairs. You know what? We're all one body. Even those online, we're one body. Knock, and we're Knock three together. times on the ceiling. <laughs> we'll we'll stop for the people downstairs. Come on. So head on over to hcfcormall.ca <laughs> slash register to register for next week. Social media, as you know, we uh, are updating all the time. Our Facebook, our um, Instagram. So keep your eyes there. Karen Brink does an amazing job. Amazing job. Thank she you, Karen. She just keeps us all together. Wow, she does so Shout good. Shout out to Karen Brink. She yep. really is. She's, yep. She is phenomenal. And just... She keeps us all organized here at Harvest. Uh, as always, Harvest, we love you. We can't wait to see you back here next week. And see you online. And uh, remember, take care. Have a great week. And we'll see you back Hey, those week. of you in the room, just before we go, come on, let's lift our voices right now and thank Him. Yeah. I want to believe as we crash out on this last song.